Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name, like I said, my name is Marcio, and I'm excited to be here this morning. And one of the things I want to tell you, and I do really, really, uh, I've been praying about this all morning, is that I want you to leave here more excited about your relationship with Jesus, that you would actually leave here and be like, man, God, you did something in me this morning. And i got to say that I've known of Kensington uh, ever since you guys moved down from Michigan. Um, and it's been a, a wonderful relationship. Kevin and I have been uh, friends for that long, and I meet him at Starbucks. I don't know if any of you guys ever known that your pastor goes to Starbucks. Yeah, so he's always there. He has a permanent place there. And uh, met with him there a bunch of times. He's extremely encouraging. And I love what Kensington is doing for our community and the hope and grace of Jesus that, that this community brings. So you guys should be proud that you're part of such a strong culture and a strong church. So can we just clap because that's what we do at church when we say great things for Kensington, the staff, the volunteers. I mean, everybody who makes this place happen. So I say I'm really, really privileged to be here. Now, I don't know about you, but when uh, men get sick, uh, we are terrible. And, and I know some of you men are like, no, I'm not. You know, I, I can handle being sick. Maybe you can't. But you're, just look at your wife and you're like, like dude, you're, like, you're terrible when you're sick. Like, as sick, when we're men, men, when we get sick, it's, it's just like we need attention. We need, like, we need to be coddled. We need to be held. We need to be nurtured like an infant. It just, it's what it is. It's truth about us men. And this past week, I, I dealt with the worst cold, sickness, I suffered through, I mean, it was bad, worst all time. Now, I'm 36, and I've been sick throughout my life. This is number one. It felt like someone took a, a fork and just started scraping the inside of my throat and then dumped salt on it. And my throat was burning all night. So Monday night, last week, I watched the Golden State destroy, the Warriors destroy the Spurs, and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's third quarter, it's midnight. I'm going to go to bed. So I lay in bed, and I'm fully awake. My throat is burning. I can't sleep because of the pain. Now, when you hear someone say, they didn't get any sleep last night, you're thinking they only got three to five hours. They didn't get their normal six to eight. No, I did not sleep. I'm wide open. I'm like, this is painful. I can't sleep. I can't get tired. Three o'clock, I get out of bed. I get in the shower. Maybe the steam will do something, you know. And I'm like, I don't know why. You just start thinking of the craziest things that will work, right? I get out of the shower, and I'm like fully awake now. I work for two and a half hours. I lay back down in bed. I still can't sleep. And we have twin seven-year-olds and a four-year-old. So at seven o'clock, they're like, hey, I'm ready. I'm awake. You know, where's my breakfast? You know, take care of me. And I'm like, all right, I'm up. So I help Stephanie, my wife, with the things, and I go to the doctor's office, and I try to give them the worst pathetic story to the doctors. I'm like, look, guys, I walk in the doctor's office. I'm like, my throat is killing me. I haven't slept. I need to see a doctor now. They're like, sorry, 11 o'clock. I'm like, so disappointed. I'm like, serious, guys, did you not hear me? Like, sorry, he's only available at 11. So I go back. I take like a 40-minute nap, and it was like, if you've never slept, if you haven't slept all night and you take a nap, does anybody else have the craziest dreams, or is it just me? It's like surreal. It's like Stephen King meets Tim Burton with a little bit of Wes Anderson humor. It's like really dark the whole time. I finally get to the doctor's office, and they say, oh, you need to wear the mask. So I have to wear that mask. Now I feel really excluded. Now I feel like I'm in Walking Dead, and I'm one of those infected people. You know, and I'm in the back, and they finally call me in, and the doctor, I tell them all my story. I tell them what, what, 
like the pain I'm going through, all the things that I'm having to deal with. I'm telling him, look, I, I'm a pastor. I got to do a wedding on, on, on Saturday. They got to preach on Sunday. You got to give me all the drugs you know. And you got to send my way all the medical advancements that we have so this thing could go away. The guy says to me, you know what, Marcio? Adversity is good for you. I'm like, that's not what I needed to hear. Adversity is good for me. He's like, adversity will make you stronger. I'm like, dude, give me drugs. Instead, instead, he says, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to try a neti pot. Anybody knows what a neti pot is? Yes, yes. <laughs> for the ones that don't, you don't know, it's a toy teapot. Toy teapot. And he said, for every two hours, you fill this with a solution. You shove this in your nose, and mucus drains on the other side. Every two hours, that's all you do. Two hours. Two hours. I'm like, serious, dude? You're Like, medical advancement, 2018. You're going to give me something that the pioneers used? You go to the general store back in the pioneer days, like, neti pot, grandpa's elixir. Like, they're there in the same place. Like, you got to be kidding me. And you know when you're going through some pain and some type of suffering? This is what it was. You start thinking of the words, like, I'm going to lose my voice. I'm not going to be able to do the wedding. I'm not going to be able to preach on Sunday. You know, and you start thinking of the worst things. Because there's something about when you're dealing with pain and suffering of any kind, you start feeling isolated. You start feeling like nobody understands what you're going through. There's no way anybody can understand what I'm going through because my pain is real. My pain is, is mine, and, and I'm suffering here. Nobody understands. And did you know that in that time of pain and suffering, when you're feeling alone, that's actually the devil? That there, there's an enemy, and he wants to ruin your soul. He wants to destroy your life. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy and he wants you to feel alone. He wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to feel a lot like this picture right here, Tina. Put it up, please. Here it is. Look, he wants you to feel like that wildebeest. He wants you to feel alone. The devil wants you to feel scared. Because you know what? Simba and Nala are about to teach this thing about the circle of life. That's what's about to happen. All right? That's what Simba and Nala are going to do. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 5.8, that the devil walks around like a lion, ready to devour. He's looking to ruin you. So when you experience pain and suffering, you, you should know that now when you feel weak, this is the imagery that I want you to know because this is what he wants you to feel. He wants you to feel like you're alone. Like there's nobody there for you. Like God doesn't care about you. Because it's interesting with suffering. See, suffering does something to us. It makes us ask questions that we really shouldn't be asking. It's out of our control. You start asking questions like, well, why am I suffering? Why am I suffering? And if you keep ants trying to get the answer to a question that you and I both know is out of your control, you begin to grow bitter at God, more angry at God, and that's what the devil wants. He wants you to stay in that position so that he could keep tearing and destroying your soul, eating away at your soul, make you more angry at God. Because if you think about it, at work, there are things that are out of your control at work. If you have certain clients that 
that act crazy and you lose their account and they do something like, you're like, why are they doing this? You could try to rack your brain on trying to figure out this uncontrollable situation in your life. And that, what, that, what does that do? That drains your energy. Your boss would want you just to say, hey, focus on what you can focus on. Focus on the principles of being selfless to your clients of loving your clients, of being good to them, being honest to them. You work on those principles, and what I want you to know this morning is in the middle of your suffering, and maybe you're not suffering today, but you will be, because the Bible does say something, and Jesus says it in John 16, He says, look, in this world you will have trouble. It's coming. But for some of you, your time is now. Your time of suffering is now, and I just want you to know the devil wants you to believe, like that picture, the devil wants you to believe that you're alone, God doesn't care. He wants you to grow bitter against God. But the second part of that John 16, 33 verse says that Jesus says, hey, take heart, I've overcome the world. And what I want you to know is this, is that God is with you in your suffering. God is with you in your suffering. You are not alone. You are not alone in your suffering. God is with you. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, traveled all around the first century world, creating Kensingtons all over the place. Praying for people, telling people about Jesus, growing communities like this that are healthy communities, that are vibrant communities, filling the environment with Christ followers with the love and peace of Jesus. And as he would travel around the known world, he suffered so much. He had people betray him. He had people try to kill him. He had friends leave him. He's been left for dead multiple times. He dealt with ailments and pains and all sorts of things. A man understands suffering. And the devil would do anything to try to stop Paul. But Paul knew something. And he writes about it in Romans 8, 37 and 39. He says this. No, despite all these things, all the things I just told you about, all about all the betrayal, all the pain, all the suffering, despite all of that, look what he says, overwhelming victory is ours through who? Through Christ, who loved us. Overwhelming victory. See, Paul understands the end of the story. He knows that at the end of life, Jesus stands victorious. He knows, he knows that no matter what comes our way or what comes in any way, no matter what evil comes towards Christ, Christ will defeat it. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, you stand victorious with him. You get to share in that victory. You know that the end of the story does not ever end in defeat, but only victory in, because of Jesus. And Paul knew that. And he continues to say, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. And you read that part and you're like, well, okay, death nor life, I get it. But look at look how real, how tangible Paul gets. He, gets, he says, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. See, when you're suffering and when you're dealing with something, or you have a friend who's suffering or dealing with something, you know, the fear of that pain, of that suffering is real, and it affects your tomorrow. Because the devil wants you to believe you're going to be alone tomorrow like you're alone now. And, and, and Paul's saying, hey, 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 look, 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 look. You're not alone. God is with you. You're not alone. God is with you. And he continues to say, he says, not even the powers of hell not even the powers of hell. The devil decided to bring an entire army against you and you're standing alone and you're looking at this army coming at you. All you need is Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you have overwhelming victory and that army flees. And he continues to say, 
no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, nothing in all creation. That includes your pain and suffering. That includes your pain and suffering. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, if you want to know if God is with you all the time, you want to be reminded of it, reminded of it constantly, you better know God's word. Like I am telling you, having this scripture, knowing this is going to encourage you. Having God's word inside of you, having it written in your house, having it written, you know, on your dashboard, having it written at your work, put it on a screen as a screensaver on your phone. You gotta know this because the devil wants you to believe you're alone. And what is God saying? You are not alone. And it's funny, I don't how many of you have ever had songs pop in your head randomly? All of us. I mean, every single one of us. When I was thinking about this, about this sermon you know what song popped into my head random most random song you are not alone i am here with you though we're far apart that's my best mj right there i i and i butchered him that's my best mj but listen you're always near my heart and i i don't know why that song came in my head but just like that song comes in your head scripture will come in your head will will feed your soul Remind you, you're not alone in your suffering. Because God wants you to know this, that God will strengthen you in your suffering. You might feel weak, but listen, God is going to strengthen you in your suffering. Because there's something in your soul you have no idea is there. When you, when you meet Jesus, when you receive his grace, when you get in a relationship with Jesus, listen to what happens. He resurrects your soul. He brings your soul to life. The Bible says he transfers you, transfers you out of darkness and into light. That means all of who you are is now alive. And there's parts of your soul that you didn't even know was ready to come out and thrive and give you strength. And there's a part of you that's, in, that's waiting for you in heaven. There's your soul. It's like this heavenly version of you. Jesus is saying, hey, if you attach yourself to me, if you stay with me, I'm going to give you strength. And I'm going to attach the ver- heavenly version of you to come alive in you now in your moment of suffering. And you're going to experience my strength. See, Paul knew this. Paul was so aware that, you know, the devil's trying to attack him. He's feeling so much pain and suffering. But then God does something inside of his soul to feel more love than he ever felt, to feel more joy than he ever felt, more peace, and to express those same qualities of the fruit of the Spirit in ways that he never thought he could. That's because Jesus is filling him with that kind of strength. It's activating parts of your muscle in your soul, like your muscle has, your soul has muscles in there. And it's, and I'm telling you, what Jesus does during times of suffering turns that little pressure cooker of time he's activating parts of your soul that you never knew could be activated and that's going to give you strength that you never thought you had see the apostle paul like i said talks about this and look at this verse in second corinthians 12 9 and 10 each time he said now that he is jesus paul 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 before this writes about three thorns in the flesh that he experiences and scholars don't know what those are they could be psychological battles that he's suffering with, physical battles he's suffering with, emotional battles he's suffering with, spiritual, I mean, who knows? 
all sorts of things he could be dealing with, but he says, God, 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 please take this away from me. Please take this away from me. And guess what? God doesn't. God leaves him with the suffering. And Paul, instead of going, well, why, God, why? Paul realized, okay, I got to go with what I know, what I can control. And I can control is me getting close to Jesus. And, Je and I can control my prayer life. I can control talking to Jesus. I can control the fact that I know in my mind that he loves me. He never is going to separate himself from me. I know that he's going to strengthen me. This is what I can control. I know he's going to strengthen me in the time of suffering. And that's why Paul could write this. Each time Jesus said to me, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weaknesses. So now, Paul says, and I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Some of you just need to get that verse and you need to put it in every most visible place you have in your home. There was a season in my life that I, I would put that verse uh, before I started my day and I'd, put a, and, I, and I'd write on a piece of paper and I'd just put it in my shoe and I'd go about my day. Always remembering. And the version that I memorized, it said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. See, God wants to strengthen you in your suffering. I have a friend of mine who I've known since he was 14. He came to our student ministry when he was 14 years old. He's now 28. Um, his dad passed away when he was 13. He came from a turbulent home. And uh, he's been friends with me. Now he's like a brother, you know. But I still, like, I love him like a son. I love him like a brother. I love him like a friend. We just have this unique relationship. But my friend suffers with depression. And I've prayed that it goes away for him. He prays that it goes away. And at times it gotten worse. He's thought of taking his life. He's played around with the idea, toyed around with it a lot, tested things around his neck. And you hear that, and I'm like, I'm pained when I hear that for my friend. And I know what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to make him feel alone because he, my friend would say, Marcio, you know, I don't want to tell you about these things because I feel like it's going to burden you. And I would tell my friend, I was like, dude, don't you project those thoughts on me. You know, you're assuming I'm going to say that, but I'm not. That's just the devil messing with your head. And he started to realize, wait a minute, God, because of God, I'm not alone. I have roommates around me. That when I'm going through a depressive episode, they rally around me and they all just, they all just sleep on the, in the living room together. That he, when he has a depressive episode, he could call me. He could call his other friend, Robbie. That we're there for him. You know, my friend, he started to realize also about how God has strengthened him during this season of his life. Given him enough strength that he did not take his life. See, God had gave him enough strength to call his friend. God gave him enough strength that when he's dealing with these depressive episodes, he reads the Bible, he opens, he prays, he falls on his knees. Even though he's crying and he's weak, he is still strong. And he started to realize something that Christ has given me strength. He's not taking this away, but his grace is all I need. And wherever you are in life right now, or maybe you have a friend, you need to know that God 
He's with you. He's going to strengthen you because you have a purpose to live out. You have a calling to live out. And God wants to show you that you have overwhelming victory with him. And to share that hope and that grace of his love and his strength with others. Because God will use your suffering to strengthen others. God will use your suffering to strengthen others. God's not through with you. God, listen, you got to know that God loves you so much, but he also believes in you. If he's giving you the strength to accomplish his purposes, that means he believes in you to accomplish his purposes. That means he's, you, you have overwhelming victory in him to accomplish his purposes. No matter how dark it gets. Once again, the Apostle Paul gives us some great insight into this. He, write, he writes in Romans 8, 28, he says this, And we know... That no is of 100% certainty. It is guaranteed. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The devil's going to try to stop you from living the purpose that God has for you. But because of overwhelming victory in Christ, Jesus says, no, devil, not today and not never. Because I'm giving my servant, my loved one, overwhelming victory to showcase my glory to others and offer hope. We're about to watch a video about this girl named Alex. And in this video, I want you to pay attention to a couple of things. One, how she's not alone, how God was with her the whole time. I want you to notice how God gave her strength throughout her suffering. And obviously, because we're going to see her story, and it's going to encourage you. You're going to see how God uses her story to give hope to others. Watch. Watch. 